to you live from that post-San Diego Comic-Con high. Oh yeah, we didn't go to that panel, that's okay, but because it felt like we were there anyway, while I was drunk throwing up in the bathroom. And this is an International RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello everybody, I'm Travis. Hey, I'm Brandon. And there is more truth in that intro than <laughs> anyone needs to know. Welcome to Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast. So happy you could join us for another off-season shenanigans, San Diego Comic-Con re- review recap. There wasn't much to talk about, but we'll get into that later episode of <laughs> Interdimensional RSS. Yeah. Uh, how, how you doing, Brandon? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing swell. Uh, I've, got, I've got a Sprite. In my in my koozie here, and drinking drinking heavily. Sprite, I know a, sp- a sprite. You say you know what? I had because a... I'm drinking a fresca, <laughs> so it's it's all about citrus sodas on this episode. I I had a glass of, of wine uh, for dinner. I had like half a glass of wine when I first got home because my tire blew out, and so I was like a little pissed off that I was like changing oh. my tire in the Florida heat. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, and then Chelsea, my wife, she poured me another glass of wine, and I was like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. So I poured it into her I'm glass. I'm feeling the cool citrusy refreshment of Sprite. <laughs> yeah. Who's not around? Seven up. That's who. Uh all right. If you if you want to follow this podcast on social media, there are several ways that you can do that. Uh first and foremost, you can follow us over on Twitter at Rick and Morty Pod. Uh we have our own subreddit, Rick and Morty Podcast.reddit.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Rick and Morty Podcast, or send us an email at Rick and Morty Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we got a few t-shirts, maybe one less than usual, but uh, over on our tea Public page, <laughs> you can check out uh, apatheticenthusiasm.com slash shop if you want to pick up a, I don't know, t-shirt with our logo on it or something like that. T-shirt. And, uh, and then Patreon. Uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod, where if you haven't been to the Patreon in the last few days... Uh, please go check it out. We have we have done some changes over there. So there are there are only two tiers now. If you feel like supporting the show monetarily, you can get in for a dollar, and we'll uh, basically add you to our Discord where you can chat with other interdimensional RSS fans. Or uh, for five dollars, that gets you access to anything else that we do. So any other bonus content. We did a uh, Google Hangout the other night with some of our patrons. Uh, so we're going to just do a whole bunch of stuff. Go check it out. It also doesn't just support this podcast, but it supports all three of our podcasts over at apatheticenthusiasm.com. So, uh, yeah, thanks for everybody that has moved their, uh, support up or down or, or whatever you're doing, but, but thanks for hanging out with us over on patreon.com. That's right. Hey, good, good on you, Travis. They, you did, you did fantastic work right there. I have to commend you for just speaking that so just fluently. It feels it feels like I've done it before. I, I'll say that. Uh, and and while Brandon continues to attempt uh, <laughs> no, no, to either no, tweet I'm, and or Instagram a picture no, that he took while I'm, I was doing that, I'm paying intro. attention. I'm paying attention. <laughs> he's, whole, whole he's listening. Heart. He's. Uh, <laughs> we have we have a very exciting episode for you. It's another interview week. Uh, an interview that was a ton of fun for us to record, even though uh, IRL it took place almost like two weeks ago. Oh my god! Uh, but. Uh, I'm excited to bring it to you guys now. The the thing is, before we get to that main thing, oh. we always start. Always got that with semi pertinent news. Oh, ew, <laughs> ooh, that's a bad start. Uh, that's still not a good start. Uh, 
semi-burden of news. Singing the blues away when you got semi-pertinent news today. Uh. <laughs> this is, oh, killing it. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, oh, everybody. We, we, I'm sorry for, I'm we sorry. held off. I'm sorry for that, everyone. <laughs> thank, thank you for your support. Uh, we held off uh, probably a good week and a half on recording uh, this part of the episode because we wanted to make sure that Comic-Con had completely finished so that if there were any huge reveals or, or big announcements from comic-con we could include those in our semi-pertinent news and good news fantastic yeah, there news wasn't, there wasn't a, there wasn't a whole <laughs> lot uh coming at comic-con worth talking about uh there was a surprise panel that happened in the adult swim uh state park or something this yeah. was the the off convention Adult Swim setup. Uh, they they've been going bigger and bigger. I think every every Comic Con, and so they had like uh, they had like wood cutters park area. Yeah, there was uh, somebody somebody was like chainsaw carving a plumbus out of a giant hunk of wood. Yeah, uh, they had a mini golf course that had some Rick and Morty featured elements. That um, there's there, there were like two or three different sculptures of Rick. Yeah. Uh, throughout the whole thing. So, I, I mean, that stuff was really cool to see on social media. Um, and then there was a very exclusive panel on Saturday night mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Uh, they they had to, like, run a lottery just to um, attend. So it, only a few lucky people right. uh, got into that. And when I say a few, it was probably, like, a few hundred. But Yeah. Uh, um, I, yeah. I, I, what I heard was, like, 200 people got got in, got into this thing. Um. And uh, so I I found out about it on like Tuesday or not Tuesday. Wow, get your days of the week right, Brandon. I found get it on. Got it, Brandon. I found out on Saturday because I, I was I was seeing if there's any uh, Rick and Morty news. Uh, you know, doing my doing my part, doing my part as a as a Rick and Morty podcaster, and uh, and I I saw somebody post in the Reddit I think about there being this this panel uh, talking about Venture. They showed some new episodes of Venture Brothers the night before so ooh, maybe maybe they'll do something unique with rick and morty on saturday and they're like, oh, okay so then i looked it up and i was like well certainly somebody out there has to have have won this lottery and and gone so i was a bit i was monitoring i was monitoring monitoring i found a f- few folks uh one of those folks uh nate of american at, at twitter nate with a zero instead of an o let's just establish that yeah yeah. Let's not get it twisted, Brandon. Yeah, let's not. Let's not. Get that is clearly a zero. Nate Zero f- American. He, uh, you know, he, I, I, I sent him. A, uh, I responded to one of his tweets that I, he went to the the panel. I was like, "Hey, so what what happened?" And I, for him, if he's listening, I did kind of whisper it in that creepy tone. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, what's what 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 happened there? Hey, we want to we want to know. Hey, I, I I was stalking you on the social medias, and I you got this stuff. I heard you were gonna be on that if, panel. If you're yeah. gonna, if you're gonna hashtag that Rick and Morty, you best believe I'm coming for you. <laughs> um, uh, and and uh, so he responded back to us in, in DM, uh, just letting us know that basically it was it was Roylan, it was Harmon, it was Cassie Steele on stage asking trivia questions. Uh, Roiland and those, those guys maybe answered like two or three fan questions. Um, <laughs> they were making dick jokes and wasted and. Uh, joking about how to pronounce eczema 
and then they they played a bunch of songs from the new album that's the Rick and Morty album that's coming out in September. Uh, which, by the way, yeah. that's semi pertinent, and I want that that record on vinyl. That record on yeah, vinyl. Yeah, that. Huh. Yeah, go figure. Huh. That that one that I could I could see purchasing that on vinyl, um, and then just streaming it on Spotify the rest, and never actually listening to it uh, on on vinyl. Yeah, because I don't have a record player anymore. And then when I um, hang out with Elder, I get him to sign it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it is funny to me, like. I, I would still like to hear audio from this panel because there is an episode of I, I'm I think it's Grandma's Virginity, uh, or now I might be mixing things up now. I think it's either Grandma's Virginity podcast or Harmon Town or both. Uh, I've heard them do like radio talk ups, yeah, where um you know you play some music and it's like the radio dj that's like talking in the first part of the song before someone starts singing in the music and like back in the 90s when all we did was listen to the radio because <laughs> yeah that was like a thing um but i think it'd be hilarious to hear those two on stage maybe doing some stuff like that or doing like a a, a radio show wacky morning radio show sort of a bit yeah uh, and then cutting it together with some of this music I would appreciate it. I I think it probably would be pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's 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 an article for for those out there. If you want to read more about the the panel, uh, it's it's on IGN. I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but an article by Tom Marks who tweeted and he deleted a tweet later. Uh, I don't know what that's about, but uh, just an article basically about everything that happened. It's entitled Comic Con's craziest panel was a drunk Rick and Morty radio show. Comic-Con 2018. Go out there. Check it out. So it looks like Dan Harmon has deleted his Twitter account. Uh, there are some folks who are attacking him after or during that event, uh, bringing up some old Channel 101 stuff and calling him some rather awful names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brigading the but... shit out of, out of the Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but you know, he, he apologized. He said he was sorry. Uh, Adult Swim has said that they are sticking with him. So it sounds like everything should be okay once it eventually dies down. Hopefully that's right. Uh, and you know what, you know, this, this isn't the, the Dan Harmon, uh, defending podcast. So he's, he can defend himself. Uh, we won't get into that, that business. Uh, so we'll move on to our next segment. So, uh, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit, which means we, we have to, <laughs> we have to stick with what we've been doing before Tra- transition time. And, and it's time for this week's, uh, Dan Harmon Instagram minute. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's Dan Harmon Instagram minute. When you think that you got a minute, well, head on down to the instagram and check out what he's gonna do check out what he's gonna do check out what he's gonna do on instagram on instagram uh uh, so one platform that Harmon continues to be active on is instagram uh he has he's almost upped his activity on instagram as he has dwindled on twitter and 
Uh, a lot of this is in the form of creative drawings or sketches or animations that he's making on his iPad, probably while he sits on his couch, also playing Minecraft or something like that. <laughs> uh, but really interesting to me was a live story from Dan Harmon that took place on Saturday. And I happened to catch it live uh, in between, uh, I don't know, yard work or whatever I was doing that day. Uh, but it was... It, in the timeline, it had to happen after he deleted his Twitter. And and Harmon almost daily goes live on his Instagram feed. Uh, he works out live on there. Uh, but this was a very interesting and somewhat sad to me uh, live story where Dan Harmon goes live. You open up the, the video and it's, he just has the camera on his face. And he's sitting there yeah, in sunglasses. He, it sounds from the ambient noise like he's outside maybe poolside or something like that. Uh, and he's just staring into the phone, uh, not saying anything. The chat is flowing. He's just staring. And then he leans back in his chair, keeps the camera on his face, doesn't say a word for the entire maybe two or three minutes, and then ends the video. Uh, and to me, I'm just like, Ah, it to be at Comic-Con, to be in San Diego at a time when that should be like an exciting thing for him and like all this other crap is going on. Uh, I, I don't know. I feel for the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Thank you, Travis. My favorite Instagram of his is when he's doing the workouts <laughs> with a green screen in the background. <laughs> uh, to change yeah. the subject. No, those are good. They did, they did one where they superimposed him on the back of a gondola. As he's on his elliptical, <laughs> yeah. that one's pretty good. Go check that out. Yeah. All right. Well, in, anyway, uh, so that that's all we have. Let's let's move on to other stuff. I mean, he's he's got his life. We've got ours, and we are moving on now to what time is it, Travis? It's time for the main thing. It's time for the main thing. It's time for the main thing. When you've got the main thing, well, you've got it. You got it going on. Yeah, you got the main thing. Yeah, the main thing. You got 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 it going on. You got to shout to the world. I got it going on. Well, it's the main thing. It's main. That's great. It's really great work, Brandon. I had to. I had to. I had to get. I had to do the last one of before we go on a break and just and do something with it, you know? Get the feeling. Really got it. Really got to raise it to another level. <laughs> uh, well, this this is. Uh, hopefully, you all enjoyed uh, our last episode where uh, we did an interview with Josh Merman from Zen Monkey Studios. This week, we have another interview for you. Uh, yeah. This time, someone that actually worked in Rick and Morty production. Yes. Yes. Uh, th- this this week we're t- we we a couple weeks ago actually, uh, which is a first for us planning things out ahead of time. We talked to <laughs> Sabrina Maddie. Uh, she's a des- she's a designer and cleanup artist from season two, season three, and uh, she's also she's also on the Animation Success Stories podcast with Brian Newton and Steve Yurko, and uh, they they do they do good stuff. And, and we we reached out to her. She said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do it, of course." Oh, and by the way, also the April Fool's thing. She helped out with that as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, which but, is is that in the is that in the interview? That's it is. all. That's all in there. Okay. It is. It's all well, in there. I mean, I 
we could talk about the interview all day, Brandon, <laughs> but I think it's best if we just turn it back over to ourselves and uh, <laughs> hope you enjoy this uh, interview with Sabrina Matty. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the interview with our friend. I think she's our friend. We're going to say you're our friend. Uh, Sabrina Matty. Yes. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Well, yes, I am your friend. Yay. Way, way to put her on the spot right away, Brandon. That's like no pressure whatsoever. Usually, usually I don't put uh, guests on the spot until like the forty-five minute mark, and then then it's awkward by that point in time. Yeah, you're like, hey, listen. So if I'm ever in LA, can we get coffee? And they're like, uh, well, I mean, I guess. Uh. I'm honored. Ryan Elder still owes me that coffee. But... I love coffee. <laughs> Uh, well, well, th- uh, seriously though, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. We we appreciate it ahead of time. Uh, you taking your time out of your your I'm sure busy schedule to 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 talk to two lowly podcasters. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, so, uh, ahead, Sabrina, Travis. you're I, just so for people that don't know, Sabrina, you are an animator. Is that, is that a correct title uh, for you as far as your relationship to Rick and Morty? Um, no, so. On Rick and Morty, my title is design cleanup artist. Okay, see, look at that. My all my whole interview is broken. <laughs> I feel like even that title though, like, doesn't really capture um, like all of the tasks that I did on Rick and Morty. Because cleanup artists, um, usually, when someone is considered a cleanup artist uh, at other studios, they just strictly clean up um, sketches to um, you know rendered line art. And, um, like, for example, the show that I was just on, uh, disenchantment, I was a cleanup artist on that show because I didn't sketch anything myself. I just straight up, you know, cleaned up other people's artwork, but on Rick and Morty, I did a lot more than just cleaning up. I did, um, I actually drew turnarounds. Um, I designed special poses every now and then, um, I would design like redresses or, um, incidentals and everything. Um, so there was just, a, I don't know that, that title sometimes rubs me personally the wrong way. Okay. <laughs> Cause I'm okay. just like, I did more than I'm that. S- I'm so much more than cleanup. Don't put me in a box. Yes! I basically, I tell people I worked with the character design team. I just, okay. the only thing I didn't do was any of the bigger, um, like principal characters. I didn't design them. Okay. Got it. Okay. But like uh, any, like, like one-off characters or like additional characters that are needed for a particular scene like you are part of the team that that put those guys together yeah like the so there yeah i guess like when you say there's they need a lot of incidentals of something or like um i don't know um god i'm trying to think what was yeah there's 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 a few things as, as somebody who uh knows the terms stick figure color and palette uh when you you say things like like incidentals or or turnarounds some of that some of that is lost on on someone like me where i'm like i think when you say turn around you're like oh turn around and then somebody's like here's a picture so turnarounds (laughs) i can't explain turnarounds so um every character so when you go through an animatic or a storyboard or um for a show they need to break down um all of the views that they're going to capture this character in. So for example, say, I don't know, I'm like, I'm actually, I have my computer up over here and I'm looking through <laughs> all the designs that I've done. Yeah. Um, 
so say for example, they needed a nurse and this nurse, they see, uh, literally every single view of this nurse, they see the front view, they see the three quarter view, side view, uh, rear three quarter. Um, and then sometimes if the character's asymmetrical, they'll need the reverse of all of that. Um, which is just like a longer turnaround. Um, but if they're symmetrical, you only need like, obviously like them turning one direction. Um, so just imagine someone standing there and then turning like 360 degrees or, um, 180. Um, and we have to draw that out, which is very technical, (laughs) very tedious. Um, you have to think in, um, a very 3d mindset, and you also kind of have to, um, there's a way where you can check, like if it, if it'll animate correctly, there's ways in Photoshop where you can set it up and like flip through layers back and forth okay. just to make sure when you like turn from front to, um, three quarter front or something like it turns smoothly. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I did, I did a crappy little uh, animation. Travis is rolling his eyes. I did a crappy little animation. <laughs> Where I have this, I am not. You can't see me do that. Or <laughs> I have this little, I have this little ghost, and the little ghost like goes across the screen, and when he turns around, I just, I just, I, I just flipped it, I just mirrored it, so then he walked, then he floats the other way. Uh, so, so my guess is the turnarounds could be useful. Yeah, in that Brandon, situation. get your, get your Rick and Morty art book out, turn to page forty six, okay. and there's like a turnaround example of your favorite version of summer. So, like for those listening at home, just you know, get out your books. Turn, turn to the page. That's so um, funny. I actually have mine right here. <laughs> oh, there I'm it is. I'm like using oh. it. For, yeah, you know, I'm using it for reference right now because I'm working on a Rick and Morty comic. So uh, I needed the, like the back of the book has an orthographic view of their house. And <laughs> when I was, because when I was trying to think of like how these scenes would run and where the characters are going, I was like, wow, I don't actually know the layout of their house. Like, you know, which room or which door leads into which room and everything. And then they actually have an orthographic view in here. And I'm like, this is great. <laughs> That's phenomenal. I love that. Yeah. So how how does someone like end up in a, like, did you like grow up as a kid and you're like, when I grow up, I'm going to do design cleanup and all the other things on a design. Like how like, I'm going to do turnarounds. <laughs> I can't, I can't wait to be a turnaround artist. Like, uh, like, is that something that you were really interested like in college or like, like how did you like sort of get to that point where you are now? So it's very strange. Cause, um, I don't think the technical stuff ever uh, was a thing that I even knew existed. Um, the only thing I ever had in my mind growing up and studying animation in college was I wanted to do character design. And okay. um, obviously when you learn character design, um, you do learn like the different aspects of character design. And like the first thing that you learn is to how to, to how to do a turnaround. And then, you know, the other things that we got to do in college was like, you know, do the special poses and everything and like just show this character in action. And okay. it's, um, it's funny. Cause like that aspect, like bringing the character to life, I feel like in the professional world, that's something that you rarely ever do unless you have to do special poses. But, um, <laughs> yeah. how I got into it was, um, I just, I noticed as years went on, my mind was, um, specifically more, uh, I would say more technical than creative. I noticed I was really good at 
thing, like cleaning things up and then attention to detail and making things look on model and on point. Uh, and I was, I think that just came from like, when I was really young, I copied a lot of images. Um, like I could like copy a picture exactly and it would look exactly like that picture. Um, and, uh, I don't know why exactly that I lacked creativity (laughs) compared to most. So I just noticed that, okay, well maybe design is a little bit more challenging for me. Um, but I still tried for it anyways, as far as Rick and Morty goes, when I applied for the position, um, I took a character design test and I actually did design characters and everything. I didn't make it as a character designer the first time around. Um, but they liked my, they liked how clean my stuff was and my turnaround. Cause most of the test was the turnarounds. Mm-hmm. They liked how on point and how accurate my turnarounds were and how clean everything was. Um, so they were like, so we already have all our character design positions filled, but we would like to have you, uh, as extra help, like, and be our design cleanup artist. And you'll be doing a lot of turnarounds and, you know, special poses and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's how I got into that. But I didn't specifically think like, oh, I wanted to do cleanup. <laughs> I think now it's so funny because now I'm, I, I, I want to go for cleanup positions now because I want to focus my creative energy on personal projects now as I'm growing older. Mm-hmm rather than putting my creative energy into shows. Cause I have done character design after Rick and Morty, but I noticed there's just something about, I don't know. There's just something about uh, putting your creative energy into someone's project versus your own stuff. Because like at the end of the day, you know, I want to create my own artwork, but then at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm so burnt out. <laughs> right. So yeah. if it's a lot more fun for me to clean up, people's artwork now as I'm getting older. So now I'm starting to like chill out a bit and go for cleanup positions. <laughs> but in the beginning <laughs> I was like, so gun ho. I was like, okay, like I want to do character design and background design too. A little, I did a little bit of background design, um, uh, on other shows and everything, but that stuff is always fascinating to me. But yeah, I'm that I know I never planned on being a, <laughs> specifically a cleanup artist and doing turnarounds and stuff. So, so like after you like finished college, like, did you just, I, I'm completely uh, like unaware of how the process works for like artists in TV. Like, do you just, are you just like applying to certain shows and, and or like, are you, is there like a certain like, uh like style or something that you like gravitate towards like how does that work for you like for you like what were you or did you just like apply to rick and morty and hope or like how does that work so i'm not sure i noticed like i know that a lot of artists out there do have like a specific show they really really want to work on like especially rick and morty i know a lot of artists like specifically try to get onto rick and morty um but for me I just wanted to land, my main goal was to land in my favorite studio coming out of college. Um, I'm, I'm a very versatile artist. Like I can, uh, accommodate to any style. So I wasn't really picky. I, I hoped to land on a really cool show. Um, and I do kind of like pay attention sometimes to show styles where like, if I feel like I can do it or not. 
Cause some, sometimes I feel like there's just certain styles where I'm like, eh, like this would probably be more of a challenge for me. I'd rather not like, you know, kill myself over it. Or <laughs> I'd be like, you know what? Like this is doable. It's a bit of, it's a challenge enough and I can do it. Um, like you're, you're not, you're not trying to go out there and do the Godzilla Netflix uh, show. Yeah. Like nothing too crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, but there's some artists that can like that, like crazy and they can do it and good for them, you know? Um, but starting out when you're like, fresh out of college, you know, you don't want to think that big. <laughs> your ego isn't that big and you're not, you know, your experience and your self-worth is very low <laughs> coming out of college. So, um, but how I got into this field, um, was through an internship. Uh, I got an internship at Cartoon Network on Adventure Time. Okay. That was my okay. very, very, very first foot in the door. Um, Everybody is different. Everybody, uh, sometimes they land their first job literally uh, as an artist. Or um, my first job technically wasn't in art. Like when I got my internship, I actually applied for production. So I was a production assistant for two years on um, Uncle Grandpa yeah. at Cartoon okay. Network. Um, and that was a really good foot in the door because everybody knew that I wanted to be an artist at some point. And, um, whenever they did have any art, you know, related things, they would ask me if I wanted to do certain things. Um, I got a hand in every single like rope of production, um, from beginning to end. So that also made me like learn a lot on the production side. So when I did transfer over to the art side, I knew what they expected of me. Um, there's, there's, and then sometimes you just get a job, you know, just because somebody, you know, somebody and yeah. they like your talent and they see potential in you. Um, it's, it's very difficult. And some people, they don't even have a college degree. They've just, you know, they're just really, really good. And they've gotten in the door because their talent and everything. Um, I feel like for me, it was pure luck, uh, <laughs> for that, it, with that internship, because, they don't check portfolios or anything. They just checked cover letters and resumes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Literally. I, sh I should apply. <laughs> hey, go for it. I, they, they say that you have to, uh, be in like junior, or, um, senior year of college. But I think a lot of people just pretend that they're going to college or something, or right. they like take a couple classes in college and then they go and apply <laughs> and everything. Um, cause they don't really check. I don't know. I feel like they didn't really ever ask for paperwork for, you know, uh, to see how legitimate you are. So like I brought paperwork to them for my internship class and they're like, Oh, okay, that's fine. We'll sign it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you you, you heard it here everyone uh if you're if you're a junior or senior and you're you're going towards your sociology degree just send in your <laughs> send in your letter to cartoon network <laughs> they've had they've had um different i don't know they've had the interesting majors uh over there i think i've met some people that weren't just animation majors hmm. so but i think they were like media field related but i don't know it's pretty cool and you and uh, the, their internships over there are mostly production internships. So you don't, you're, you don't do any artwork over there. Um, the bigger studios, you don't do artwork. You just mainly help out production. Um, I think smaller studios, uh, they give more leeway, um, to art and everything. Cause right. if you're, it's a union versus non-union. Got it. Got it. I, yeah. The, the, uh, 
for for me or and, and I, I don't know if you f- feel this way but even even to start looking at the the production side of things to see how how it's run gives you i don't know i'd imagine it give you a lot of insight into uh you know just how things are run and and kind of how to insert yourself in in ways that kind of put you ahead or or get your foot in the door in in other ways i don't know if that's it's accurate yeah um, shooting, <laughs> shooting i blood. saw i saw perks being in production um uh in this field versus you know being uh an artist on the outside trying to get into the industry because um i was one of the first people to know when they were testing for any art positions and i you know was able to take the tests um cuz i ha- i worked directly with um the the showrunners and the producers and everything so i saw that as a big perk an advantage. Um, and then also I got to speak one-on-one with these people, like, and have relationships with these people beyond just like, per- like I made friends with these people cause I worked with them ever since day. Right. Um, and I could meet anybody that I wanted to or needed to, uh, just by asking someone like, Hey, like, do you know so-and-so? And they'd be like, yeah, like we'll go have lunch sometime with them. And <laughs> it was great. Um, and I noticed uh, it kind of brought my confidence up a bit too, because um, when I helped with designs, like organizing design work, scanning and all that stuff, um, my I did have a huge, um, uh, I was very insecure with my creativity. And I was like, but I knew I wanted to do design work and everything, but I just always felt like I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And when I did see, um, character design work all the time, I noticed, um, uh, at shows at cart- like cartoon, uh, not shows, um, uh, shows, yeah. Shows at Cartoon Network. Um, they, their character designers, um, they didn't really design too much. It was mostly, they took, uh, concepts that were already designed in storyboards and they had a main concept artist on that show. Um, and then they would just basically just take those designs and then just pose them and, you know, and then just, yeah. And turn them around and everything. So it just yeah. made me feel a little bit better where I'm like, Oh, I can do that. You know, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, um, I, 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 real, real quick, you know, you, you mentioned, you mentioned a concept, uh, concept artist and you, uh, a mm-hmm. designer, uh, what, what is the, what is the main difference between that? I think I can ascertain what the difference is, but so concept artists, um, I think concept artists are artists where they draw a lot of the designs while they are writing still like storyboard artists actually take like, that's the first step. Um, so while they're writing an episode or something, a concept artist is looking through the scripts and they are, you know, taking descriptions of characters and then they're drawing out every single character that they may, that the script may have. Yeah. And then storyboard artists, before they even start storyboarding, um, they will be supplied with some of these, uh, ideas and these concepts. And sometimes they're approved. Sometimes like certain ones are approved and it's up to the board artist to choose which one or something. Um, I think on Rick and Morty, most of them got approved before they were used and everything. Um, so that was like something that character designers did on Rick and Morty that I didn't do. They would design stuff uh, in that early stage for those big characters. So I think that's the main difference. Okay. Um, 
Does that make sense? It it it, yeah. it does. Yeah. It does. It makes more it <laughs> make, makes more sense to Travis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then these characters they're like I don't know. I I don't think they're fully fleshed out. Like they're not fully turned around just yet and everything unless they the, the storyboard artists still communicate one-on-one with these people and be like, Hey, do you think you can draw the character looking like this or something like, cause, or they'll just do it themselves. Cause board artists, they're, you know, they're usually the most flexible artists on the show. Right. They do everything. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a, uh, there's an image on, in the, in the back of the art book and, and we're bringing up the art book and we'll get into the reason why we're bringing up the art book here in a little bit. But, uh, on like page 222 there's a picture of oh. the phone holding a phone or holding a person as a phone and it's, yeah i see it <laughs> yeah it's just it's just like it's just the the shoddiest design and no shit it's it's like something i i've drawn uh 100 um <laughs> did you draw this just kidding <laughs> yeah, yeah my name's not in the back of the book though come on uh, oh this is great <laughs> so so like like what like what? It, what would that? What would that? Is that just? Is that just considered a doodle? And it's not like a part of any official title. <laughs> this is this is Brandon's Justin's... looking for where he fits into the production <laughs> hey, schedule. Uh-huh. That's what's happening. Yes, right. Travis, shut up. I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is Justin's doodles, or these are Justin's doodles. Um, from what I can gather, Justin will have meetings with everybody that, um, you know, that builds an episode um, in the beginning. So mostly the board artist, director and then some designers uh some character designers i think lead character designers will sit in on these meetings and if justin has a very specific um idea in mind um or a rough kind of idea like he wants the designers to be like to gear towards he will do doodles like this (laughs) (laughs) and he will i guess give them to the artists or the storyboard artists and uh you know and then have them use that and run off of that. Um, I think Justin will also probably let artists know when to be like, you know what, I want you to have fun with it and I want you to come up with this. And, you know, like he, he likes to collaborate with one-on-one with the, with the team. That's awesome. So I think that, yeah, I think these are his doodles. <laughs> so all you got to do, Justin or Brandon, hey, oh, thanks, Travis. Uh, no. uh, is is create uh, a hit TV show, <laughs> and then and then you can doodle on whiteboards with the design team and the board. Artists. I'll have a place in this world once I create a hit TV show. It's so funny when I see showrunners that have this amount of uh, like level of skill. Uh, like, cause I, we've, I have worked with, um, another show where, uh, you know, the show animals, um, on HBO, I worked oh, okay. with that show and even their creators too, they were not, they weren't artists. And, uh, <laughs> we, we had to take like, you know, they would draw stuff like, like this and we had to take direction and like, you know, use their art and everything. And then it's just great. And I love yeah. adult swim for that. Like for, um, adult swim or like i don't know just adult shows in general because they're very loose and they're not supposed to be super aesthetically pleasing all the time you know um and there's just some sort of character added to it like rick and morty themselves like the style of these characters um they just Justin's style it is Justin's style but like obviously they um it's they spiffed these characters up a bit just to make him more animatable it, but it's like, like it's like an it's, sd versus hd version of of justin's characters yeah <laughs> and it's great i love it because these 
you know, if you took a char- uh, uh, a person from CalArts or something and they designed these characters from their own world or in their own mindset, they'd be like these beautiful, like <laughs> either Disney looking or um, Cartoon Network-esque looking um, kind of characters or something. And just, I don't know, just gorgeous, like aesthetically pleasing. Um, but this show, like everything is like not super aesthetically pleasing, but it has character. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The backgrounds though are a different story on this show. The oh, backgrounds yeah. are freaking amazing. Yeah. Well, and that's one of those things where they do like almost to Brandon's like SDHD like example. Like the show looks very like polished compared to some of the shows that you, that you see out there. Like um, the design, I guess, is a little bit more, you know, uh, interesting at times. Or like the the some of the characters and and the way that people are put together or where certain things exist on people and stuff. But, but then like you look at the show and you could tell like, you know, it's a high quality, uh, a product. Like it's, it's not, it doesn't look like it's like rushed necessarily. Like it looks like people are, you know, taking time and stuff. Exactly. I've had, I've heard some comments before where people were like, that show looks like pretty easy to draw. And it's just like, <laughs> no, if you, if you only knew it's not that easy, even like the characters too, they do get more complex, you know, like Rick and Morty seem to be, I mean, at least to me, they're the easiest to draw, but every, Oh my God, every, all the other characters, they go ham on the designs and everything, especially the aliens. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like uh Cronenberg Kron- world characters, <laughs> like just coming up with those weird, weird ass designs. Oh yeah. Everything is just, it's, it's a lot. Um, and I, I can see like from start to, you know, to season three, like how it's, it's actually developed a lot more, um, uh, design wise, like I noticed the characters got more crazy as time went on versus like season <laughs> one. I feel like just, it looks, I don't know. It's just looking really cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so before you started working on Rick and Morty, like there was already a season out, right? So w- were you a fan of the show before you started working on it? So it's so funny. I was, I've never, all the shows that I've worked on, I was never as bit like as hardcore of, of a fan as most people were. Um, when the reason why I liked Rick and Morty was only because I was more of a fan of Justin before Rick and Morty ever was a thing. Okay. And how I was a fan of Justin was just is super silly. Um, have you ever heard of his podcast, the Grandma's Virginity podcast? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Him yeah. and Ridley. <laughs> Yes, I was and... listening to that like when I was on Adventure Time, uh, which was like 2012. Uh, yeah. I just started listening because somebody um, I asked, what was I asked somebody for advice on because um, I was having an interview with Jackie Buscarino for Steven Universe mm. um, okay. to become a production assistant. I interviewed with her and somebody told me, listen to the Grandma's Virginity podcast. <laughs> and I was like, OK. And I did, and I became a huge fan of Justin um, and and Ryan and Jackie, all of them. Yeah, and sure. it was to the point where whenever I heard their voices in real life, I, w- I would fan out a little bit. I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Ryan. Or, oh, my God, it's Jackie. And, you know, Justin, um, I met way later. Um, but, like, I remember wanting to meet Justin um, and just because of the Grandma's Virginity podcast. And then when I ended up on 
Rick and Morty. It was very interesting because when artists start on Rick and Morty, they are introduced to the people that they need to work with. But um, we were never formally introduced to Justin. And Justin's hardly ever around. So I would hear his voice every now and then around the office. (laughs) And I would fan out. I'd be like, oh, my God, that's Justin. And, like, I was always too nervous to actually go and say hi and, like, introduce myself. And the first time I ever talked to Justin was, um, like, officially when I was on the show. was at uh we had a christmas party um a white elephant party at the studio um and he got mad at me because <laughs> i stole um i ended up stealing and winning the um max Pawson. he um he drew uh like a poster of morty with all the like what was it was jessica or was it all the Jessicas or something? Did you see that poster that he drew? Is it the one where like Morty's like in a bed or something, or like on a throne or something? Throne, and there's like Jessicas and like yes. I don't know, maybe what's her name from Anatomy Park Annie, might yeah. be in there or something. Yeah, like I don't know, like but there's like a bunch of girls and he's yes. he like looks very like ominous. Yeah, he looks like a pip. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, but he drew, uh, just specifically for white elephant, he drew that and he printed it and then I, I won it and stole it and everything. And Justin got, <laughs> Justin got really mad at me and he like slapped me on the shoulder. He was like, that was mine. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, nice to meet you too. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I met, I met Justin at, um, um, previously at this like show once, but he was too drunk to remember that. <laughs> yeah. So I just like, I brought that up with him once and he was like, Oh yeah, no, I was really gone that night. I'm like, yeah, I figured you wouldn't remember, but yeah, I was a fan of him mostly more so than the show. The show was mostly like, Hey, this is, um, I have connections with people on the show. Uh, like I, I knew Mike Chillian because I worked with him on, um, uncle grandpa. Yeah. Um, and he was friends with all these people and I wanted to just be an artist, um, and break out of production. And at the time it was difficult getting, um, a job within Cartoon Network and, um, Nickelodeon. Um, so I tried, you know, they always say if the bigger studios are harder to get into, uh, try with the smaller non-union, uh, non-union studios. And at the time Starburns was non-union. So, um, I was like, okay, this is mostly like a, a goal for me because like, I just want to be an artist and this is step one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if it was Rick and Morty or another show, I would have replied because it's like, Hey, it's an <laughs> art job, you know? <laughs> and art jobs and art job and, and, and getting your foot in the door is, you know, probably the hardest thing to really do. And exactly. And as, and as you said, you know, like you, you felt lucky and and I feel that a large part of it, is is luck <laughs> if you're like here's my name with a bunch of other people's names yeah exactly because <laughs> you are competing against like people who are friends you know yeah and then you're competing against people also who have been in the industry for a very long time so the fact that i you know that that was my first legitimate you know art position um on a show like that. Yeah. I'm blessed that it was Rick and Morty. I didn't know it was going to blow up to be this huge. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, but you became a fan, right? We'll just, we'll just go and oh, say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will always say though, I'm never going to be as hardcore of a fan of all these shows that I work on as much as people that do are really big fans, just because when you work on a show, it's, it's different. Like I'll watch 
the show, like, I remember I'll either watch the animatics and then not watch the actual show when it comes out because, like, I've worked on it for, you know, I've watched the animatics so many times. Or what I've been doing as of late is I will not watch the animatics and then I'll wait until the show comes out and then I'll watch it once. But, like, when you put so much energy into the show and these, you know, and you work on these designs, you feel like you don't have to, you don't have to watch it right. more than yeah. once. That's why I don't it's listen just... to this podcast. It's just <laughs> exactly. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, on, it's kind of like that. On the, on the, the, the uh, director's commentary for Thor Ragnarok with uh, Taika Waititi, he, he makes a joke. He's like, this is the last time I have to watch this movie for this commentary uh, for a long time <laughs> because I've seen this movie so many times already. Yeah, I mean, every now and then, like, you'll be like, hey, you know, like, it's the only time I'll watch something is if I'm with someone and like, you know, for that added reaction, you know, mm-hmm. right. like when the or when we had premieres or something like for Rick and Morty, um, the two premieres that I've been to, like, it was really cool and nice to like celebrate something that we worked on all together and watch it together. And I noticed more laughs happen when you watch it with a group of people rather than when you're watching it by yourself. Like I don't find myself laughing a lot by myself when I watch shows like this, Yeah, but when I watch it with other people, I'll laugh. It's, it's really interesting. (laughs) Were were you, were you at the, uh, the comic-con for season three's premiere? Were you at that, that huge um, event where there's like an outside stadium and all that, all that stuff? Season three premiere, season three. Or uh, what, what? What am I? What am I thinking? Am I thinking? Yeah, about- no, it was. A, it, yeah, it was at Comic Con last year. I think so. It was after the April Fools like surprise premiere. I was at. I was at the one where they previewed. Um, they previewed the animatic for. Um, crap the the, the uh, jail pickle rick oh. the pickle rick episode <laughs> okay the, the whole rat scene yeah <laughs> do you remember that one i was at that comic-con okay comic-con is very interesting because that was the very first comic-con that i went to because um i noticed like it seemed so easy for people to get comic-con tickets and everything um like i remember when i was in production all i heard was artists getting you know these tickets like nothing and I was like, oh, maybe when I'm an artist one day, like, it'll be easy, you know? (laughs) And then I finally became an artist and like, I noticed it was still difficult to get these tickets. And then then I asked like how to get tickets and everything. Um, Like I asked the show, uh, like, uh, was it last season three? I asked him, I was like, you know what? Like, I finally want to actually go to Comic-Con. Like, is there any way I can get free tickets? Because I work on this show. Like, can I get some free tickets to see the panel and everything? And then... Justin's assistant told me, oh, the tickets usually go to the writers and then the writers get the extra tickets go to their plus ones. And I was like, okay, guys, like, <laughs> can, hi, can, writers. Yeah, I don't know, like, can we, instead of the plus ones and all that, like, is it okay? Because I talked to other artists. Um, we have like this, we had this little pit that all of uh, a lot of the designers worked in. We all like worked in one room together. Um, and I asked everybody, I was like, would you guys like want free tickets to go to the Rick and Morty panel at Comic-Con? Cause am I the only one that's wanting this? Cause (laughs) like what's going on? How can we ever get asked? Mutiny, huh? I got really frustrated. And then, uh, (laughs) I, yeah, I complained. I was like, can we like get asked to go to this thing, please? 
because I've never been. And I want my first experience to be with Rick and Morty, you know, represent Rick and Morty. And then the um, uh, assistant was like, no, you know what? You're right. I'll, I'll talk to Justin and I'll talk to Mike. And we'll, we'll figure something out. And then they actually did. And a lot of the, um, artists were asked like, Hey, if you want to come to Comic-Con, like here's your, like your tickets or something, you'll get tickets. Yeah. So I went that year. That was the only year that I went to. And after that, I was like, this is enough. (laughs) (laughs) One one and done. Not never again. One experience will last a long time with you. Oh my God. I, oh, too crowded, man. I don't know how people do it. (laughs) Too many people. I don't, I don't know how cosplayers do it down there. Like, it, I know. like I'm like uh, it, the the one time I went the uh, two times I went like 2011 2012 I was like in shorts and I might as well have not had a shirt on because I'm just like sweating my 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 ass off the, yeah, the entire time. So like just, people like yeah. like full Autobot costume like Optimus Prime like hey here I am like you're you're nuts. I don't understand how they walk because <laughs> I, I had like a dollar for every single time somebody literally just like pushed me. Yeah. You know, I would have been rich because that's <laughs> that was just my biggest issue. Like people just aren't aware of personal space at Comic Con. <laughs> One, personal space. <laughs> Two, personal space. <laughs> personal space. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I just, nope. Uh, the Rick and Morty experience was great, though. The panels were great. I'm glad I got to go to just those. Like, I aimed for those. And then after that, I was like, okay, anything else is, like, low priority. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all bonus after that. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, you, you were there for season three, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, did you... Did you feel through the course of season three an incredible amount of pressure to get those to help get those episodes out, or or was that not a, a affecting like where were you where you were in your position? Um, so in comparison to season two, I definitely felt an extreme amount of pressure in season three. Um, I felt like. I felt like it was beyond even just like schedule. I think there was a lot more going on just in within the show and then out of the show. And there was a lot more that we weren't even aware of. Hmm. Um, like, especially with, in my position, um, everything is kind of like information is trinkled down to me. Like I'm the last person to hear of everything, you know? Um, and I didn't even know that there were, there was a huge pressure because the writers were changing up a lot and everything. And then the board artists also were dealing with certain changes. I had no idea of that stuff. I I just had work to do every single day, you know, like I had designs that I had to do and I just like, I just had to get them done. You're, you're, you're um, coming in smiling, whistling, like, ah, da, 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 everything's happy and green. <laughs> and like, every, yeah. like and like there's fires raging around you and you're like oh, i'm so happy going into work everything is fine everything <laughs> yeah and you know the energy uh, the energy was definitely different um season three um it it was a lot harder uh it's weird because the work like i didn't feel like the work was any different compared to season two i'm like i've done stuff like this before um, if anything, I, I felt like I did a lot more on season three, just because like experience wise, like they handed me more. Um, 
because they knew I could do more than what I did on season two. Um, but I, I don't know. I did feel the, the energy shift though on season three, there was a lot more pressure and, um, connection with the art and the show itself. For me personally, um, I like, I wasn't very happy throughout the entire course of the season just because of all the mental stress and everything. And, Mm. you know, it did take a toll. Um, and then also when shows get really rough, I noticed from experience, um, it's very important to put trust in your artists and to also show like appreciation, you know, and, and every now and then try to, I don't know, connect with the artists, like, and cause we're all people at the end of the day and we're yeah. all people who are like trying to seek validation from higher ups, you know, like there's always somebody right. above us. And, um, there's just, there's times when you just don't feel that morale or you don't feel that. And then just start to affect you and your work and your mentality and everything. And, you know, um, but it's like, it's kind of out of your control too, because the people above you are also going through pressure above them. And you can't, there's like, you can't blame anybody in any of this, you know? So you just got to do what you got to do. And that's it. Just lean in, nose to the grindstone or to the <laughs> yeah, just try tablet, whatever it is that you're using. No, uh, like, <laughs> the <it's>, antique. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, how frequent is it for you, like, and it, regardless of season or whatever you're working on, like, is is there a lot of play back and forth, like, with the producers or with the writers or the showrunners to, like, for you to work on something and then they like critique it and then like how often are you having to go back and do the same sort of things over again? Um, I think when it reaches me, um, like my work, uh, by the time it reaches me, I think a lot of, um, approvals and revisions, um, are, I guess, done concept wise. Um, I don't really remember having to fix something too much, like, I feel like, cause with such strict deadlines and then also since it's season three, we already, we're, we're familiar with the style a lot more now and uh. what, what the rules of these characters are and what things should or shouldn't, you know, look like. Um, so I feel like, um, I don't know. I, I think the, I think the bigger notes and revisions mostly are in the concept phase, but I always had to report to my lead designer. Um, that was the person that I was submitting my work to for like, as for especially season three, I remember season three. Um, I just submitted my art to, um, first it was max and then it was Carlos, um, Ortega. Mm-hmm. And, um, he would just look through my stuff and then give me like a set of notes. And then I would do the notes maybe like two times or something at most two, three times, but, um, it would never go beyond that. Uh, there's been other shows that were mostly season one of a show that you work on. You will go through way more than just like two, three passes. You will go like probably 10, you know, or more on passes on something just because it's season one, you know? Yeah, they're trying trying to fine tune those things or like yeah. I mean everybody's kind of figuring it out at the same time. 
<laughs> yeah. I remember season two, there were a couple times where, cause, um, the art director, um, James McDermott, um, instead of me, like I would turn in my stuff to Carlos first and then he would submit my stuff to James McDermott. So there were like two gates that it had to pass through. Um, and I remember James McDermott, his attention to detail was super, <laughs> oh my gosh, he could spot out any little tiny, tiny like note or something, mostly turnarounds. He was very finicky with turnarounds and like things looking super correct. And I remember there were a couple turnarounds, like what was one, there was one specific turnaround that I, I like couldn't wait to be done with. It was the president, I think, um, okay. <laughs> uh, that one, uh, from, Oh my God, I'm blanking on names of episodes. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, the show me what you got episode that one or, or the end of season three. It was the, no, it wasn't season three. It was season two. Uh, God damn, it was the yeah. one with the the mass consciousness. Um, the uh, oh my god! Oh god! Oh god! We we watched the show a lot, and we uh... yeah, you guys should know. <laughs> Are you talking about with Unity? Like yes, yes, Unity. Okay. Oh yes, thank you so much. I'm like mass <laughs> consciousness. Um, yes, yeah, that's also Unity. what we call our fan base is Unity. So it works. Oh out. yes, yes. <laughs> okay, so the the president in that episode, the um the chick, like oh yeah. my god, yeah, 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 yeah. she was. She was hard to turn around, and I remember having to go through multiple passes uh, of notes from James McDermott, mostly. Um, I think Carlos, like, I don't know, Carlos, he's like, this is good. Like, he'll give me a little small set of notes, and he's like, okay, this is good enough. Pass it on. And then James would be like, no, this, this, James, this, this, this. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so when I got anything back with very, very little notes from James... I felt so accomplished as an artist. I was like, <laughs> I'm finally getting better. Like, it was just great. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, so by the time stuff reached me, um, things wouldn't be as that bad. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. You, you know, the, the thrill of, of feeling challenged or, or feeling, yeah, feeling challenged by, by someone who you really respect. And then, you know, fulfilling their, uh, their, uh, their challenge material or whatever. It's like, if you're playing yeah. a video game, you're like, Oh, I just beat this, this, uh, this beat 500 enemies challenge. I did it. I'm so accomplished. Exactly. <laughs> Especially when the notes make sense, you know, like I really appreciate and look up to, um, directors where they give you notes. And even if it's a lot, you're like, you know what, these make sense and I'm going to do it. And then when you do like, your goal is to just get less notes the next time, you know, that's like your goal, you know? And so every single time I did knock out any of the notes, like it was just a little personal goal for me that was met. Cause I was just like, great. Like I'm on the same page with this director and I'm following his direction and it's going great. But when you have a director or somebody that's looking over your art or something, and then their notes don't make any sense, like that, it's just, it's challenging in a different sense because you're not just like, you know, you're not, um, fixing things just to, you know, make things like work. Like at some point you're just like, you're trying to tell a 
what is it, telepathically communicate with these people at some <laughs> point because they're just like you're trying to get whatever images in their mind and you're trying to like throw curveballs and everything like oh it's, is this gonna be it no nope. oh, okay <laughs> yeah, you, you get a note and it's like less of this but they don't say what this is and you're like <laughs> oh my god you if you only knew there are some people there are some people, like i remember in the show animals was hilarious because uh, uh the, the head the showrunners they were like that they would be like all right um uh we want this to design to be uh like 50 percent more shitty or like 30 percent more cool or like you know what i mean it was just silly no completely um, intangible like references like yeah oh, but okay they made, me, they made me laugh like if if they have a sense of humor to their notes like it's you know what? It's fine. Like as frustrating as it can get, it's like, at least this, this is hilarious. You know, um, James McDermott, he was very like to the point exact and everything. So I didn't like feel challenged to the point where I got angry, you know, at myself or the world. I was always like, all right, like, come on, Sabrina, let's do this. (laughs) Like like throwing your pens at the wall. Like, ah, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, like, oh, what is this crap? <laughs> <laughs> I quit. I'm going to be a, 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 I don't know, president. I don't know. I, I picked the, the harder job. To... A president. <laughs> I'm going to go be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pass the bar. Screw this. <laughs> yeah, it all depends on who, like, you're working directly with. For sure. And it does help to like have really good, obviously have good relationships with these people (laughs) if you're going to take direction from them. And you have to also like you yourself, you have to like learn to take direction Mm -hmm. no matter where you are in your, on your journey in your life. If you've worked in the industry for 20 years, you know, you still have to take direction from, even if, if it's somebody younger than you, you have to like, let that go and be like, you know what? This is their vision. This is their show. I just got to meet, you know, I got to see eye to eye with these people. Right, right, right. Um, you know, and and so you, although you're not with the show itself now, you, you mentioned uh, in an email, and I don't know if, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, but that you're, you got involved with the Rick and Morty comics. Uh, and, and so I don't know if that's, I don't know if I can say that. Can I say that? Yeah. Um, can I ask so, you about that? Uh, <laughs> or yeah, are you like, I, no, I, I don't my know publicist if, says um, no. I don't know if Oni, like, I think Oni Press is probably, I'm not sure if they're, I don't know. I haven't really asked him about, like, announcing, like, if oh, I can say I, anything about it. Because I, I can, I can, I can cut, I can mark this and cut it out later. Okay, <laughs> I'm pretty okay. sure he's got a book. Mar- potentially mark this, but um, I have worked with, um, uh, only press on like after season two was done i remember um as we asked we talked with justin's assistant and we were like hey like we pitched the idea of having artists from the show work with the comics and everything like you know do some stuff here and there right and um i remember pitching my name in because i wanted to do something for the comics um and they asked me, um, they reached out to me and asked if I wanted to do a cover, um, after season two. And I did one cover, uh, and it was like a treasury edition cover. Um, and it was like a larger cover Okay. The, yeah. com- compared to the other comic covers. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, and then 
they just reached recently reached out to me, uh, like a couple months, a few months ago, um, since they worked with me previously on that one cover, uh, they reached out to me again and they're like, Hey, we know you work on the actual show itself. Um, and we want to have guest artists for this like upcoming issue. So, um, I'm going to be working, I'm working on that right now. Um, and I am collaborating with, um, Juan Mezalion. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's one of the directors of Rick and Morty. He's worked on Rick and Morty since season one. Yeah. Brian's mentioned him a couple of times. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. Cause, uh, the reason why I asked him to collaborate with me on it is because, um, a, like I'm not a board artist, so this stuff is definitely board artists. <laughs> like it's up their alley, you know, like I've studied storyboarding. Yeah. Um, so I do have like a general understanding of it and I've watched tons of animatics and I've conformed storyboards. So I like know some rules and everything. Um, and I draw these characters so much. So it's like, sure, why not? But there's one portion of, um, this comic that is very action heavy. And I was like, you know what? Like Juan, I've, I've seen his work before. Like, uh, he's actually done some comic work and his obsession is comics. Like that's how he's gone into drawing itself. Okay. Yeah. Um, cause he grew up like reading Marvel and DC comics. So I was like, you know what? I want him to, uh, <laughs> lay out the action portion of this comic. And then I'll just clean the entire, like the entire thing. And then I'll also, um, do my part of this comic and everything. So it's going to be cool. I'm excited uh, when, when it's finished, it's a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> well, well that, that, that's great. That's great news because, uh, cause I, I collect all the comics, so I oh, can't, can't wait to see your name on, on one of them. And then, cool. when, and then when I force you into having coffee someday, uh, like I'm forcing <laughs> Ryan Elder to have a coffee, <laughs> then I'll, then I'll, uh, then I'll have you uh, take a picture with it. I won't ask I'm you to very... sign it, but. I'm very approachable. Also, like, I don't know if you've seen our, um, our podcast, uh, yeah, the animation ass, success ass. stories. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're, I'm, I'm mostly like, I mean, I, I think it's just because I'm, I'm mostly the, per the person that reaches out to people to like, come on to the podcast. Right. Um, but like, I'm always the person that's always engaging with listeners and everything. And like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm very approachable. I'm not the type of person that's like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want to meet for coffee. It's kind of creepy and weird, especially since you're a fan of the show. It's a little weird. But it has to be know, at noon in yeah. a Fifth Street promenade. <laughs> Where everyone can see us just in case. Yeah, like, I, I, we're all human beings, you know. I can sense when somebody's a bit creepy, you know. Like, there's signs, definite signs, yeah. but... Yeah, no, we covered. You went to Comic-Con. Like, we, we got, <laughs> like... <laughs> that was, that was the other just... question that we did. <laughs> Comic-Con, yeah, like, you just have to, like, release all... Um, you Yeah, you have to pop your personal bubble space and everything and no. just expect, you know, <laughs> to just be bumped into and just rubbed up against way too many times uncomfortably oh. in the heat Ugh. and Ugh. Oh. <laughs> uh, that yeah. that's that's awkward i hate the <laughs> it, it is awkward especially uh. when it's hot out yeah it's disgusting <laughs> <laughs> um i i, I wanted to uh, getting getting away from from the comics getting away from rick and morty i wanted to ask you um about about you and, and and your art and and to specifically ask you know what what kind of movies shows have inspired your your personal style of drawing and animation 
you know, were did you grow up with uh, GI Joe or uh, Batman the <laughs> animated series? <laughs> uh, I'm so opposite. Uh, I grew up with mostly Japanese things. Okay. So oh. Uh, the anime world was big for me. Um, at a very, very young age, I was into Sailor Moon, big time into Sailor Moon. Yeah. Um, and um, Sonic was also a huge thing for me. I was one of those people that did my own little OCs and everything for little <laughs> Sonic characters when I was really, really young. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was into Mega Man. Uh, oh, I, like... I think a lot of my art influence came from a lot of video games too, because okay. I noticed I drew more characters from video games than I did from TV shows. Um, so like Earthworm like, Jim, Bubsy. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's my that's my old old person generation. <laughs> well, like I liked Zelda, of course. Um, my biggest influence I notice, even with my art style to this day is Square Enix. Um, like all the um, illustrations of like Kingdom Hearts and everything or okay. like Final Fantasy and everything. Um, just that level of detail where it's like it's anime looking, but it's also like extreme detailed anime looking. Um, and um, of course, I have a huge uh, love and passion for Hayao Miyazaki. Mm. Um as far as like, I did like the artwork a lot, um, for those movies and also just the enchantment behind all those movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like anything as far as like American TV, um, of course I like loved Powerpuff Girls. Um, that was like a big one for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I liked Ed, Ed and Eddie. Um, I liked, I don't know. I liked a lot of like the silly stuff. That one scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I was like, that was, that was like partially the point, right? It's just the, just creep the viewers and that dog out. <laughs> yeah, like I, th I need to rewatch that show because like it was really dark when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm like imagining now, like because some people have told me that they've rewatched it as an adult, and they're like, whoa, this is like, it's weird that this show is for children. <laughs> But I mainly watched a lot of Cartoon Network shows. Um, I, I, I was a big Disney kid, too. Um, Nickelodeon, too. Like, I liked a lot of classic Chupo stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's cool now to be in the industry. And then, like, I'll, you know, it's cool to, like, talk about these shows. And then these people are like, yeah, I worked on that. I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God, what the hell? <laughs> or even, like, now I'm meeting people that, like, there was um, a guy, he worked on season three of Rick and Morty, um, and I worked with him on Harmon Quest. Um, he, his name is, uh, well, his name is Rocket. I don't know what his real name is, but he goes <laughs> by Rocket. Huh. And he worked on, like, The Lion King and, like, <laughs> super old Disney films. And I'm like, oh, my, or, and, like, even the films that were um, animated films that weren't Disney or something that, like, those little weird like i don't know like the Dis disney-ish knockoff or or not the or like kind a, of uh like like land before time or or um the thief and the cobbler uh, um or once upon a forest like i don't even know if you know these movies like they're the but like those movies were really good and they're classics um but yeah, so it's it's just cool to meet these people now. And then I always feel bad because they're always just like, 
whenever I meet these people, I date them just by talking to them. They're like, Oh my God, like you make me feel so old. I'm like, no, that's not even what I'm thinking. You're like right now, you know, like, cause I'm just too busy, like thinking, Oh my God, like, wow. Like I'm looking up to you so much right now that, that, cause this show, I, I, this was my life as a child, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I, oh, I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like me and my sister, like we grew up, literally believing that these characters could exist in real life. Like we would have our own, a little imaginary friends or me and my sister, we would have our imaginary, imaginary, imaginary (laughs) boyfriends. Like when I was in my Sonic phase, Knuckles was like my boyfriend for a while. And then she was into like, if you watch Sailor Moon, you know, Darian, um, tuxedo mask or whatever. Like that was her. Yeah. That was her (laughs) boyfriend for a while. And like, it was just ridiculous. Like we would actually, pretend that we would talk to them and everything it's just like literally like having an imaginary friend i I just i just want to say just as a quick aside uh i i don't sailor moon uh (laughs) i i watched i watched sailor moon because it was i think it might have been on toonami in the afternoons at one point in time yes uh and and so you saying tuxedo mask i didn't think i remembered anything about sailor moon and he said tuxedo mask. I was like, oh yeah, right. Oh, I remember my now. God. Are you wow? It's funny because now a lot of those uh shows are more popular now than anything. Like I feel like all the stuff that was very nostalgic to me, they're kind of like coming back and they're definitely marketing more now. Like I feel like people who there's more fans of those shows that didn't grow up during that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll meet people that are huge fans of Sailor Moon and they didn't even grow up watching that stuff. And I'm like, this is so interesting. Cause just cause they're just like, they're marketing them still. And then they're just living on. Cause they're just so good. And I'm like, Oh wow. But it, 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 it's just, yeah. it, just like Dragon Ball Z somehow like it, it keeps renewing a new generation of, of people to, to come into the show out of, out of nowhere and be like, Oh yeah. Dragon Ball. I love Boo Saga and uh, all this, uh, all the Dragon Ball Z stuff. Um, I always tell people all the boys uh, that were into anime were into Dragon Ball Z while all the girls were into Sailor Moon. Because I remember Dragon Ball Z um, while I was into Sailor Moon, um, because even when you bought like whenever we would go to Chinatown, uh, we would get those um, those VHS tapes that had uh, Sailor Moon. And but it was um, it was English. No, it wasn't even it wasn't even subbed. It was in Japanese. And we would buy them just because they're Sailor Moon. And in the beginning, they would have um, like an introduction, uh, like kind of like commercials. Uh, um, yeah. uh, and it would be Dragon Ball Z stuff. And um, I remember my cousins, which they're, they're all dudes. Um, they were more into Dragon Ball Z stuff. And then whenever I would draw, they would be like, oh, cool. Like, can you draw any Dragon Ball Z characters now? <laughs> <laughs> and then I would. I'd be like, well, yeah, of course. I could draw anything. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that that was the that was for little boys, and then yeah. Sailor Moon was for the little girls. Well, it's it's it's, it's like it's like uh, in the, in the eighties, I had He Man, and then all my my girl cousins would have Shira. <laughs> like, yeah. all right, you, whatever. <laughs> I want the the muscles muscles on muscles, man. <laughs> yeah, or you have the dudes that admitted to liking Sailor Moon because hey, like long legs, and then those those not really but really like yeah. naked transformation scenes yeah <laughs> yeah and then the peace signs and 
Yeah, they're like, that was my first, like, you know, crush. Um, experience of like, yeah, crush and like nudity, you know, like somewhat like minor nudity. Like, and they're just like curves or like silhouettes of like a boob. It's like, really? Yeah. And, and they, they pause it like, yeah, oh, yeah. And then like send it to their friends in seventh grade. Yeah, I love having conversations with dudes now about Sailor Moon because they do tell me like, oh yeah, like my first crush was like Sailor Mercury, and then I would like I would get into arguments with them like you know on like which ones they liked because I'm like really you like this Sailor Scout but you didn't like this one this one's so much hotter. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I I I had those arguments about the Spice Girls. Those that's my my generation. No, I remember the Spice Girls. I was more into cartoons during that time. So I remember all the all the popular girls when I was growing up in elementary school, all the popular girls were into Spice Girls while I was into um, video games and like Pokemon and Digimon and Sailor Moon. And uh, so like I was the nerd that would play, you know, like pretend with all that stuff while they would like the pretty girls or whatever like just imagine the the movie mean girls like <laughs> the popular girls would be like you know like off playing spice girls you yeah. know spice up and I'd be the, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember those days <laughs> god childhood <laughs> You know talk about? Welcome, welcome to Interdimensional RSS, <laughs> the official Spice Girls podcast. Girl Groups podcast. <laughs> That's great. I, you know, but you're taking me down memory lane for sure. <laughs> like, this is the stuff that eventually led me into, you know, becoming a Rick and Morty artist. So. <laughs> there you go. It, it all ties together. I know Brandon for a really long time uh, has been a huge Simpsons fan. Yes. And, uh, now I'm going to f- ham fist a segue <laughs> into uh, another project that you've, that you've been working on uh, that's coming out very soon. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Disenchantment. Um, that was a super fun show to work on. Um, yeah, I was, a, I was a cleanup artist on that show. Okay. And I loved my job so much because <laughs> a lot of the technical work that I did on Rick and Morty, like coming on a Disenchantment, it was just a breeze because Rick and Morty, like just turnarounds are very, very tedious to do. And after a while you do get burnt out. So I felt like disenchantment was like a vacation for me. Um, cause I didn't have to turn anything around. I just, had to, <laughs> I had to clean characters, props, effects. And my favorite was cleaning up the backgrounds. Um, which, uh, Usually, I don't know, every show depends on what they they want you to clean up. Like, usually cleanup artists, they mostly clean up just characters and props. But um, for this particular show, like, we were cleaning up backgrounds, too. And the backgrounds are gorgeous. Yeah, just from, just from like, the trailers I've seen, like, the show looks amazing. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see it. I don't know, Brandon. I, I I'm excited to see it because I didn't I didn't sit in on a lot of the color screenings that we had on purpose because I wanted to wait till it came out. So <laughs> you don't want to spoil yourself. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Like I, I'm, it's so funny because like I'll I'll hear mixed reviews on the actual story like content of the show, and I don't have like I can't say ha- I don't have an opinion right now because right. I didn't really watch it too much. I mostly focused on just cleaning up designs i didn't have to watch animatics so i didn't watch many animatics so 
if you have, if you want my opinion on any of the story or anything, uh, no, I, I can't give you. No, any. no, we're we're not looking for spoilers. Cer- certainly yeah. not me. You know, uh, I think it's super important as an artist to just not to know as little as possible, just so when fans do bombard you with questions and you say I can't say anything, like you're not it's lying you to liter- <laughs> Yes, exactly. So I'm learning. <laughs> that's good that's good yeah but it it that's a direct to netflix show right so i think that's like august august 17th they i can watch it all day on my birthday the next day so. yes i love netflix for that you can just binge yeah i, I I'm, I'm looking forward to it i you know I, I love obviously i love the simpsons and i love futurama I'll, I'll say with futurama when it first came out we talk about reviews and mixed reviews on stories and stuff uh, when mm-hmm. when futurama first came out I watched the first couple episodes. I was like, "Yeah, it's just, it's just not my, it's not my cake." I don't know. I don't know if anybody says that's not my cake, but I'm saying it now. <laughs> I said it wasn't my cake, and then it was a few years later. Then I grew up, and I was out of that like, you know, late teen phase where I'm like, everything's not cool as what was before. Uh, and then Futurama started rocking in my mind. So, um, yeah. So disenchantment might be that you know they're expecting a, a new a matt graining uh show that just like blow him out of the water and maybe it doesn't right away but i i have faith in in his abilities yeah i would just say like it's you know we're living in, a, in different times and you know there's story ideas that are being thrown out there definitely because there's certain trends or um, like you, you will feel that, you know, you'll feel it's like a m- definitely a more modern, uh, Matt Groening. Like we are trying to adjust to, cause it's, you know, Futurama and Simpsons, they're pretty old shows. Um, and the humor and like all the jokes and the content and everything, um, from back then versus now it's so different. Yeah. Um, and what really stood out to me on disenchantment was the fact that it's medieval. You don't like, I'm, I'm starting to see it now, but for a while I wasn't seeing too many medieval shows where like things just took place in a medieval kingdom. And, you know, there was a little bit of fantasy, but like, there's still like not too much fantasy, like you know, like adventure time status where everything was just like, Ooh, everybody's on, you know, <laughs> something. And, you know, yeah. but, um, I noticed like this, uh, that's just the one thing that stood out to me. And I love medieval fantasy. So I'm glad I got to work on that show. And then like Harmon quest too, like after working on Harmon quest, I'm like, yay, another fantasy show, you know, like <laughs> it's just cool. It's good. We're, we're finally, we're finally recovering from like post, lord of the rings like obsession yeah. with fantasy and then we like had a dwell period and now it's like all right it's we're ready again yeah we're, everything we're, we're ready. is so sci-fi <laughs> and finally game like, of thrones is coming out finally you know no <laughs> fantasy anywhere <laughs> you know, all right I, I, I haven't watched game of thrones uh, but <laughs> uh, oh, <okay. laughs> this interview is welcome over. to interdimensional rss the no, official but game you know of thrones. what I have this rule where if something is really, 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 really popular, I like to wait until it dies down. So that way, A, 
I can binge everything, you know, like I don't have to wait until episodes come out because I hate when there's like a lull in between seasons and then you forget everything that happened. Yeah. So, and then B like, you know, you don't have to hear everybody just constantly nonstop talking about it. And <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm weird. I'm one of those like hipster people that are just like, like I don't want to bandwagon, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like breaking bad. I saw it like what, how many years later when it was done, I think probably like three years after it was finished, I saw breaking bad. I don't know how long it was after it was finished, but I saw it way later. And then when I was obsessed over it, people were like, dude, that's so old. Uh, we, like, <laughs> we knew this happened. We're already in the third season of better call Saul. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Better call Saul. I see. I jumped onto that really quick. though. <laughs> <laughs> But Game of Thrones, I will give it a chance. What like I feel like it's starting to die down a bit, right? Is it ending anytime soon? It has last its season. Final season is like next year, or so or Ooh, perfect. Okay. Yeah. So once the final season is done <laughs> and over with and people are done, like, you know, they've watched it, then I'll start. <laughs> All right. A uh, deal deal. I'll, I'll hold I'll hold you to that. But I mean, and if you don't like it, you don't like it, that's uh, that's fine. I'm I'm cool with that too. We can talk about it over coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, look, you know, you brought it up that time. So <laughs> everyone now knows that it wasn't forced. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, go ahead, Travis. You said, you said, oh, uh, you I was, said the I was transitionary. Gonna, I, was gonna, uh, I said the, uh, yeah, that's, it's one of our staples here on, on the show. Uh, the question I have is, so we talked about disenchantment. But are there any other projects or things that people should be on the lookout for that that you might be working on, or um, is I don't know. This is your opportunity, I guess. Plug social media if people want to keep up with you and the things that the different projects that you're doing. So, um, for sure, one thing that is still ongoing is our um, is our podcast, the Animation Success Stories podcast and you can find us um on youtube we're gonna try to um i know we keep saying this that we're gonna try to transition over to apple uh for the apple podcast stuff on itunes um but it's animation success stories um podcast um that's our handle on youtube so youtube.com slash animation success stories podcast um, we have a Facebook and we have an Instagram. If you just search uh, anything animation success stories, it should pop up. We interview um, animation professionals and um, it can be from anything from like voice actors to writers, to artists, to producers, to um, just anything. Um, and um, for me specifically, um, after Disenchantment, I'm focusing a lot of my time on this comic. So. Um, I, um, I, I think I might be going back to disenchantment if they pick something, if they pick up another season again, I kind of want to go back. Um, or right now I'm just kind I'm not really focused on my next gig, so I'm not quite okay. sure yet, but you can follow my artwork. Um, I have a Tumblr, it's sabrinamaddy.tumblr.com. And then um, I also post, I have an Instagram account for art. It's Sabrina Maddie underscore art, um, on my Instagram. And I think that's it. I'm like doing a lot of projects. Like I'm keeping myself busy, but it's mostly like, it's not just drawing art. I, I do a lot of performance art stuff too. So like I'm all over the place with stuff. Um, and 
this vacation is just like kind of like, I don't know, working on personal projects. Yeah, right. Um, but I think later on this year, I will probably jump onto another show. We shall see. I'm hoping <laughs> to aim cross. to. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I'm not worried. Um, but um, I'm hoping to start like doing more um, personal artwork for sure. Like I want to start doing illustrations and like paintings and start selling them and stuff. And oh, I have a YouTube channel myself. Um, it's just youtube.com slash Sabrina Matty right now. It's a lot of like makeup tutorials, but <laughs> I do have, um, like I want it to be a channel where I just like pour all of my, uh, artistic endeavors into it. Right. Um, and, um, I do have a, a playlist on there where I do post some art stuff. Like I've done some time-lapse drawings and stuff. There is one, um, video that's uh, actually Rick and Morty themed because somebody asked me to do a Rick and Morty styled illustration of themselves. I've been getting a lot of requests for those, like where people are like, <laughs> Hey, can you draw me in Rick and Morty style? <laughs> and so I, I'd be like, okay, so that was one. And I time-lapsed the whole thing and I actually explained my process and everything. Um, and I was thinking of like doing future videos of like, you know, like my process on like turnarounds and everything. Oh, yeah. And so stuff like that. Um, if people ever want to like go over there and request anything, I'm, I'm totally open for that. that. I'm a that, that would, digital that, artist. That would be, that would be great. And then whenever you go on for your next interview, uh, if somebody asks like, what is a turnaround? You can say, well, Hey, funny. You ask about that. I have a, <laughs> a tutorial over on youtube.com slash Sabrina. Exactly. <laughs> And it's just, it's cool because like, it's stuff that I've learned over the years and I can like, actually, I don't know. I, it's, it's weird when you think, Hey, I actually have something I can teach people now. You know, you never really think about that stuff <laughs> when you're in the field for too long. You still always feel like a student, Yeah. you know, always applying for things, but you're like, Hey, you know, I think I can start teaching people something, a thing or two or giving advice. Yeah, so it, it's, it's really weird when that, when that transition hits and I won't say that for podcasting, but in, in jobs I actually do where like you just, you hit a point where you're like, I'm still learning a lot, but it's, I know something that I can tell people and, yeah. and be confident telling them. I feel like for podcasting, you can do that too. Like, I don't think that's a, a cop out because even for podcasting, I remember before we started our podcast for animation success stories, we actually asked a lot of uh, advice from uh, people who had podcasts um, and such and like what kind of format they had and equipment and all that stuff. So and then like how to promote yourself and, you know, what people like to listen to and all that stuff and ideas. So definitely you could teach with podcasts, too. <laughs> <laughs> don't sell yourself don't sell yourself short <laughs> okay okay i won't so if you if you or anyone else wants podcast advice come to yeah. brandon travis podcasting for Corp. sure <laughs> do it add another project to your plate brandon. No. <laughs> become a mentor <laughs> I, I i'm waiting for brandon's master class on uh on podcasting <laughs> I think it, I know we did a little short collaboration yeah, on it, uh, for April Fool's. <laughs> yes, but we I did. Love, oh, dude, that oh yeah, we didn't discuss that at we all. We didn't at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really oh man, that was really funny. I got a lot of because that was a 
I was the one who drew that. Did you see the designs that I did? Uh, I did the tiny, the tiny Rick, like versus like, you know, uh, the Jimmy Neutron design and everything. And people actually were like, um, no, if you like look closely, you can see that the lines, you know, the, they start like getting whited out over here. So this person obvious, like this is obviously a fake. And it's so funny because I set it up in a sense where like, when I worked, when I worked on Rick and Morty, um, I tried setting it up like the file in a sense where, um, I made it as realistic as possible because that's how I would submit files. So uh. like, it was so funny how they were picking out little technical things where I'm like, you know what, if you only saw like Rick and Morty designs, like, and how, and then also Justin's notes, like I've seen Justin's notes before. They look super unprofessional, yeah. you know, on the, yeah. So it's just like, wait, you're saying that this looks fake because of this. That's hilarious. Because if you only knew, <laughs> <laughs> like if, if was it was, great. if it was typed out, then you would know it's fake. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, or even know. Sometimes people did notes with typing out and everything. Like, see, you, you never know. <laughs> I, I, I will, I will say that that April fool's, uh, thing we, we did. I was, I was actually shocked that like, as Travis and I were recording, like the, the, uh, you know, the bits in between talking about your your interview uh, on the animation success story stuff yeah. <laughs> with, with Brian and, and gang like uh-huh. uh, Travis and I would be like, this is this this is absurd. Like, who's going who's gonna to believe this? And and we actually had people uh, I had some friends come up to me the, uh, like the day after and they're like, yeah, I know some people who were like really pissed off at Dan Harmon. <laughs> they're like, oh. they're like, this piece of shit is stealing jimmy neutron stuff <laughs> oh my god and I, I just thought i just thought that was that was great but unexpected i i didn't think that anyone would would believe such an absurd idea yeah i thought i thought it was like i don't know i saw the potential in it and then after hearing your guys's like whole um breaking apart our interview and everything <laughs> it felt very good like i was listening to it and i was like oh man, like these guys made us sound so legit because you guys just made it sound so like, I don't know, there's an art to talking about conspiracy theories and making people like doubt themselves, you know, like, I don't know, like, because when people are so, you know, sure of something, you you just want to, you want people to question their reality. That's yeah. your goal, you know? And right. I, feel, I feel like you guys did that really, really well. Well, it, it's all that you, it's all those years of gaslighting that have really paid <laughs> Gaslighting yeah. and picking apart stuff. Well, and I know it probably comes from also like dissect, you guys dissect episodes too, uh, in Rick and Morty. So like, yeah. I'm I'm sure that there's ton of that too in Rick and Morty because there's all those like there's concepts to break apart and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. oh yeah, exactly. you guys did such a great job. That was so much fun to listen to. <laughs> well, thank that was, you. That it, was that was a fun project though, all all around. And thanks it was for a good idea. Yeah, that's we cannot take credit for the idea, but we were happy <laughs> to be a part of it. <laughs> but I would I would like to uh, at some point um, if we could do like a whole um, we did Skype. We did one Skype interview so far on um, animation success stories mm-hmm. uh, with an animator um, up in Canada. Um, so I feel like we could do it again. Um, well, I really want to do it with you guys. That'd be so much fun. Oh, yeah. Do like uh, a crossover collaboration podcast thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love to. And then you could ask me animation questions like, so what have you done? <laughs> 
I'll say, I did, uh, I did my own music, no, would... old cartoon. I did these doodles on a whiteboard, <laughs> and they were, like, super good. It can be, no, it can be back and forth. We can ask questions about your podcast and everything, and then, like, what inspired it. You know, I we're good at these questions, all right? Just trust us. We're good. And then you guys can ask us questions. We're, we're in. It doesn't matter. We're in. <laughs> we, we have a long time till season four rolls around. We'll, we'll do anything at this point. So. <laughs> Yeah, and then you guys can uh, interview. Have you guys interviewed Brian already? Yeah, we, we, we... he's been on our show twice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Brian's amazing. He's like, yeah. he's on every podcast, but uh, you can interview Anthony. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, worked, he worked in production on season three, so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, get 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 it get us his contact and we will hit him up. <laughs> just put in a good word, yeah, because yeah, we, we cold call a lot of people. And just, and, no, yeah, if you if you do want any like contacts or anything, just let me know for anybody on the show or something like any artists in yeah. particular. And and ju- um, and just and just warn them. Uh, yes, I will want to ask them for coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I, I'm pretty sure we're all pretty approachable. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just nerds at the end of the day. Yeah, we are. You know, just drawing <laughs> or watching shows yeah, that is and talking true. about them. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, I know I know you have to head out soon. So I, I want to say from the bottom of my bottomless heart, thank you so much for coming on to the, the show. Uh, we really appreciate you talking to us. Thank you so much for having me. This was actually a lot of fun. Actually, 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 it's all right. I was coming into this thinking I'm not going to have fun, but actually, like I said before, (laughs) like there's some interviews where they feel very formal, and then I feel like I'm in my head a lot more, and I feel like more focused on my answers versus stuff that's more relaxed, and Mm -hmm. like it feels like we're having a conversation. So, like I, this was fun. You guys are cool. So thank you. We have, we have it recorded on audio, Brandon. Save that clip. There's proof. Yeah, and there you go. There it is. Our friend. There it is. There my, you go. My my friend that I will have coffee with next time that I'm in LA because because you're she said have, it. Not you me. You're gonna have so much coffee the next time you're in LA. You are gonna all the coffees and you know i i drink only so much coffee a day like i i i get a large coffee like i make coffee before i drive to work and then i i drink but half of it i don't drink the whole thing because then i start mm. feeling sick <laughs> oh okay might might have to run run and make a restroom break we wouldn't we don't want that to happen no we wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> you know what i'm really into iced coffee like cold brew yeah let's talk about that for another hour okay uh, no thank you thank you so much sabrina for for coming onto the show uh it was a pleasure uh hopefully we get a chance to maybe work with the guys over at animation success stories or, or do something in the future uh with with our podcast so that that'd be awesome that, that's right uh, that's right yeah all right so let us know what you guys thought about that over on social media and it is now time for listener suggestions and short outs, oh yeah which has no music has, has no music has no music at all let's let, let's go ahead and let, let's go ahead and start with our our, our tweets uh so we ran a giveaway last week heading up to comic-con and uh we we got uh we got some cryptozoic exclusive convention exclusive card packs for rick and morty and uh so uh, thanks to george nado uh over cryptozoic for for hooking us up with that and then we 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 raff not raffled we did retweet giveaway and and 
Special congratulations to Greg Scott, who won those, and I shipped them to him, and I have a tracking number, so he can't <laughs> pretend like I didn't send them. <laughs> um, you mailed you mailed me some magnets, Brandon, and I got those in the mail, so maybe maybe Greg's got his cards. Who knows? Ma- we'll see. Ooh, maybe. Soon. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow up on him after, after this. Um, yeah, so, so congratulations to Greg. Th- uh, thank you, everyone, for retweeting and following and hopefully you're listening to this show right now. Um, if, if you're not, that's that's okay too. We still love you, even though you won't know that we do. Uh, <laughs> there is on on the subject of, of giving stuff away. I made a I made a joke to uh, uh, Brian Arise. Uh, sorry if I sorry if I mispronounce your name, Brian. He's at Brian says stuff. I, I made a joke to him about like he went to Comic Con. And I was like, "Oh, hey, make sure you get me some cards since you're <laughs> since you're gonna be there." Uh, and then Daticus uh, made a joke about having his uh, his own giveaway, like a reverse uh, giveaway or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, great news, Brian is is sending sending us some some gifts, and well, they're not really gifts because we're giving him money too. But he did it for us, uh, so it's like it, it is a gift because he didn't have to do that. Uh, so so thanks, yeah. Brian says stuff. You're fucking awesome man thanks Thanks. brian thanks brian uh yeah i'm i'm excited to get that stuff in the mail we 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 show it on a live episode or something yeah uh yeah uh, also also we got some some emails this this past week uh one email uh so from (laughs) from spencer harris uh he writes just wanted to say i really enjoy your podcasts you both are pretty funny and entertaining and i'm looking forward to more podcasts as season four comes, uh, I added the emphasis on pretty funny. Uh, he did you see my it that way. did Did you see my reply to him? Did you uh, Did I you read the reply? It. It's it's it, I, <laughs> it's where I say I'm glad you said we're both funny because because I always say Travis is a straight man and I'm and I'm a funny one and Travis hates me for it. I said it one time. I said one time and Travis one time. I think never... we have like eight episodes of athletic <laughs> enthusiasm where you're saying it. Like you kept bringing you kept bringing it up. Uh, anyway, so so I said, but don't let Travis know because it'll go to his head, uh, and we don't, you know, we don't want a cocky Travis. That's, that's yeah, nobody we... wants that. <laughs> nobody wants that. Thank uh, thanks thank for, you, Spencer, thanks for so much for. Uh, another special email shout out to Keegan for keeping us in the loop when our site crashes or when Dan Harmon might be a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Keegan. We we owe you for that. The man on the man on the scene, <laughs> man on the street uh, news. Um, and yeah, it helped me uh, troubleshoot a website and and fix it for mixing the streams like Ghostbusters style. So never so run thank across you. the streams, Brandon. Never, never, never across the streams. <laughs> Uh, we uh, we have we have finally our, the our, yeah yeah we have our first uh, I, th- I think it's our well it's like one of our first Reddit reviews from the uh, from the Rick and Morty subreddit and I'm I'm excited about this Travis I'm I'm excited about this uh, here here's what it says it's it's from the user Rick R Y C K and Morty M O R T I and Rick and Morty <laughs> writes your podcast sucks. BC, you guys go off topic a lot, and you guys are way too immature. Take this as a suggestion, please. But on the bright side, I love your podcast, and I listen to you guys. And and I I love I love that. I don't know how to take it, but I also hate it. 
so it's, I'm like I'm like back and I'm back and forth like it's it they uh, Rick and Morty listens to us and loves us but also dislikes us <laughs> so yes and thinks very immature uh, and if anything can be said about Rick and Morty, it's about the highbrow maturity level <laughs> that that takes place uh, uh, the, in zero immature comedy. Ever. The the fact the fact that you listen to us, Rick and Morty, uh, means the world. And so long as so long as we keep doing whatever it is that you do like about the show, that's that's what's important to us. Exactly. Uh, and, Absolutely. Uh, and so long as we don't do too much of the stuff that you don't like. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how to improve. Basically, is what I'm yeah, saying. yeah. Give us something constructive. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Thank you no, so much for thanks. your review. Thank you for taking the time to write it. Uh, if if you have not had an opportunity to write a review about this podcast, uh, do it on Reddit. Do it on Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, I was actually Podbean, looking for Overcast. Reviews. I don't know. You know, like there's unless unless you're on Apple Podcasts, there's not a lot of great ways to rate and review podcasts. So. Uh, go, you know, if if your if your platform of choice has a review option, thank you for doing that. Uh, otherwise, you know, just tell a friend, retweet a tweet, whatever it is uh, that gets the word out about these episodes. Uh, thank you so much for continuing to support this podcast, to to listen each and every week that we decide to release one. Uh, and speaking of that. We were not deciding to release another one for a little while here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, short, short hiatus coming up. Uh, we, it's not like we're waiting the rest of the off season to put more episodes out. Uh, we, we will have a few things. Keep go. Now is the time, ladies and gentlemen. If if you are not following us on social media, uh, go over to Twitter and and follow us there, or check out our Patreon if you feel so inclined. Because um, I am going to attempt to throw a few things together. Uh, during our break, Brandon's going to go like vacation or something, do something exotic. I don't <laughs> cruise know, is going on a cruise. Cruise is going on a cruise. So, uh, but we'll be back and we'll let you know when we are back with more episodes. We we still have a whole nother season, season two that we haven't reviewed. Oh, so yeah. plenty of material to dig into. Uh, and until that happens, uh, thank you so much for listening, Brandon. Any, anything else I just left w- in the chamber? I just want to say thank you for all this time listening and supporting us. And when I get back from the cruise, then, which is in about, about a month or so, then we'll get back started with this whole... It's a four-week cruise. This whole rigmarole. He's in the lap of luxury. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. Until next time, I'm Travis. And I am, of course, Brandon. Brandon.